Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and for this episode we have with us Sanali Datta who is the national president corporate sustainability council at Wiki. Hi Sanali, thank you for joining us. Hi Archer, thanks for having me here. It's wonderful to be here. It's an honor. So to begin with, could you please take us through your career journey so far? Sure, I before I start with my career, a little bit of the life ahead before that. My father had a transferable job so we moved from city to city every 2 years so that made me a more of a cosmopolitan and more of a indian citizen than any particular region and i started working in 85 uh, after post graduating in economics from punjab university came to work in delhi and started my career with imrb at that time it was the premier and probably the only market research company in the country uh it was an interesting job i worked in the field i worked at the back office and uh, it gave me an inkling of what how people planned you know uh, whether it was a shampoo which was being launched whether it was a cigarette brand uh, which was being there whether it was a food product so it gave me a little bit and it kind of that interested me and uh, so i worked with them for a while about an year or so while i think when you are at that age the itch hits you you know you you want to see what's happening what's there and at that point of time uh, you had very straightforward careers you know you went to the civil services or give your banking or saying so i was kind of experimenting but i knew i didn't want to go into that strict straight list career and uh, so uh, i decided to I'll see the sales part of it and uh, i joined an organization uh, for selling of all the things office automation epab systems uh and at that time epab systems uh, were just coming new and women were not there in sales it was hardcore sales uh literally moving from office to office and way back in 86 i don't think any not many people did it so whenever i know i would have to attempt to look much older than i was the specs frame and the clothes i wore because people would be more curious about why i was in it than about the product but anyway i uh, stuck on to sales for a year and a half and then this opportunity of this organization came up as at that time probably a promotional work promotional activities work marketing work and uh, i said why not i've seen market research i've done i've done sales and let's end the back end of it advertising etc so typically and that thing was you didn't have any specialized courses etc i kind of joined a marketing diploma with sardar patel college at that time and started working for this organization but it was wonderful i mean this whole innings uh, was wonderful I started out being uh, part of one particular small department it's the company which I worked for Briar an engineering company specializing air related engineering humidification and other things 
So it was a very technical field. 90% of the people were engineers, except for the accounts and etc. And my role was to do a lot of content and the backend work for the right uh, about the technical, but in a non-technical language for easy to. And I liked writing and uh, and all that work. So it became interesting. And uh, each time I would have a conversation with my boss, who was the owner of the company and still is, he I would tell him, I don't have a career here. He says, okay, see, find out, read about this. He would travel, he would come back and say, this is what's happening in the world. So as we, the company started opening up new uh, uh, offices abroad. Uh, my first stint was in Malaysia for six weeks or so when we opened the office there. I was sent out uh, there to develop the market, you know, and train the person whom we'd hired there. It was still a small office in Malaysia. And again, there, Indian women, and it was, I think, back in 89 or 90. Indian women, single, traveling for work, just didn't happen. You know, it didn't kind of fit in into people's idea of an Indian woman. So uh, I, uh, it was fun then. And I realized that when you are the person from HO, everybody expects you to know everything. So I, with help of a lot of people at the office back on India, I started learning. I got my hands on how the processes work, what other departments did. So from a very specialized market development, advertising work, I kind of, you know, tried to assimilate the knowledge and use that in my work. And because I was training people, so corporate HR came into my kitty as an expansion of my responsibilities. And then, of course, because one was advertising, marketing, IP and branding came into it, then the IP agreements, the licensing agreements and the contracts and business contracts also, you know, somehow you got into that employee agreements. So without being a specialized in all, People assumed I was specialized in everything, so people would just come to me. So, and my boss uh, was a very good mentor, and his question to me was, all, you can always tell them you don't know, or you can learn about it. Go and attend a seminar, read a book, attend a course. And uh, I think those days, uh, or rather, for me, it's always a learning. I don't think that, okay, I'm paid to do this. This is my specialization. I'll only do that. And that's what made the work very interesting. After Malaysia, a few years, one had a small stint in the US and then about a year in Shanghai back in the time where China hadn't opened up and China wasn't what it was 10 years ago. But now, of course, so uh, travel came, uh, expansion of work came in and then corporate initiatives. We were kind of a leader in technology in our field world over. So industry, which is uh, our industry, which was the HVAC or heating, ventilation, air conditioning and refrigeration industry also looked at us as leaders. So we had a role in the industry association and uh, I got active. So I took on a lot of role like their national advocacy president. So I started working with the association also. So it was in a way soft PR for our organization. There were a few things we did for the industry, like set up an awards program. We ran it for 10 years. And then learning institute when there was not many learning and training happening in this, this technical field. So uh, all in all, uh, and then well, spoke, 33 years were gone. And uh, then, of course, corporate initiatives, the CSR activities and all that happened. 
so you grew in the organization and i think uh, the whole beauty of it that i got so many career opportunities in the same organization and there was something new to do and uh, just when i think it got a little boring and it was all management functions i thought i it's about and my age was also getting to be there i thought let me do something new or take a break and then figure out and uh, now i'm a organic farmer i have a piece of land here we we grow cashews and uh, pepper etc we've uh, also started a webinar series with living with nature you know where we take people through what is natural farming what do you do what is it all about we've had uh, one seminar in the series the second one is there and then this new role of the national president corporate sustainability it's interesting it's a little bit of corporate uh in terms of not with a corporate corporate this thing but there is a structure to it and uh, so i'm putting together the activities and everything and hopefully in the next few months there'll be a lot happening so that was an announcement truly an amazing journey i mean it's sort of like a trail blazing journey where you know you literally stepped up um, from the time when all these things weren't as prevalent as it is today so kudos to you for all the good work that you've done and with you know coming to it's sort of like a full circle that how do you give back to the community in the form of organic farming or in the form of you know working on different projects which works for the upliftment or the betterment of other people who may not be having that amount of voice which is amazing that's that's the thing i'm trying to do and i for the last few years even when i was in the corporate sector uh one wants to give back you know you have your corporates but you finally and that satisfaction when you can make a difference to one person's life i mean it's not a broad thing one person because it see it immediately especially education of little children etc it really brings a lot of solace to you very very true and kudos for all the good work that you've been doing i hope we get more people like you so oh, there are a lot there are a lot i'm 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 quite this but there are a lot and lot of good work has been done great so you've been working for an organization for about 33 years which is like a huge period and you've also worked across diverse sectors diverse areas as you mentioned how do you think the work culture has evolved with time you know when you compare it with what it used to be and how it is now and what do you think lies ahead yeah i think uh, the main involvement has been that when we started working uh, one looked for a little bit of security and continuity i think that was the mindset at that point of time uh, the career opportunities were uh, not so much you either became a doctor engineer or a educationist or also private jobs were not looked up to you know we went to banking civil services etc and being in sales etc what not really looked at as what do you call and uh, from that attitude of you know which came from a, a middle class or upper middle class background your education was the main thing and also and also to a lot of extent i think uh, people who came from that cadre or class or whatever you call it it was very important that we, when we started working that we that we had to be financially in a way independent and supportive we've seen our parents struggle struggle to put us through good education make sure that and because money wasn't easy that time you didn't get credit i mean when i bought my first car i had to borrow 50000 rupees to buy a car from my father uh, a second hand premium but money and i remember i insisted in paying it back 1000 rupees a month at that point of time because salaries were not there and 
you know and uh, he didn't want to hurt my ego so he kind of <laughs> took it and i probably put it back into an empty vent <laughs> for me or like but that kind of the thing so they the opportunities are huge uh, you can make your hobby career also to an extent uh, that the our generation now where we are i see friends uh, we are better off financially so we can give uh, the next generation a kind of a platform you know you go and do what you like see settle down you it's not you're in your early 20s you've got to get a job and start earning see what you do experiment a little bit and but the younger generation is also serious you know you see some of uh, the competitive exams the tuitions right from schooling that pressure is there but there is a people who are also enjoying life so here there's what more to offer uh, only thing which i think uh, is a little missing is that uh, we become so used to our online that you'll have five people sitting in a room all on their digital this well and not talk to each other so probably communication uh, with people uh walking up to a generally you know general having a general communication with anybody not your uh, same social class but anybody that has become a little difficult i mean people feel that they they don't look at it but they're actually shy of talking to people yeah maybe so that is where i think things have changed otherwise the younger generation is bright and i get to learn a lot from them every day they know what they're doing most of them at least and in every generation there are people who who don't know or who be this thing so but i think uh, times have evolved and people have to move with times only thing is that uh, that's kind of a advice i give people uh, that everything uh, which is coming today ai and, and our times it was the computers and the, the laptops and the phones they're tools the tools for you to be great uh, treat them as tools god has given you a brain use that so that's very important that's one thing which i always uh, fall back on use the tools to the best of your uh, ability but they are just that they are tools very very true i mean uh, today morning itself i just uh, came across a sort of picture in which you know they have put a banner on the half built building on which they have written please ask chat chat gpt or your ai tool to build or complete this building and sort of stuff so at the end of the day, i think that chat gpt is becoming a, a hawa in a way and you know, a scare of others thing but it is see it's worked well for people uh, whose uh, the business language for all said and done continues to be english Yeah. you know whatever you say when you are at a distance the business language continues to be english and for people who've not been in the english medium for the throughout communication becomes a little difficult when they get to the stage uh, so chat gpt helps but finally even like you know if you have an exam and it's a open book exam you still have to know which page to look for so chat gpt might give you anything but it does help that if can for a communication if you've got my sounding email and but you still got to know what's right i mean at the end of the day human end of the day it's all that it's your education and your brains very very true so next question is that you have held various leadership positions throughout your career span how do you think the leaders of today can align their policy policies with the expectation of employees so that the defecation rate is defection rate is can be minimized to you know because today when we see we rarely get to see uh, you know cases where people have worked with an organization for about for more than a decade now people tend to switch yeah people tend to think i've been asked several times that you've been there for so many don't you feel like a dinosaur or uh, 
because you were not capable, you couldn't pick up another job. Uh, people have that question. And uh, see, I think uh, things are settling down now. A few years ago, there was this whole IT boom. And, we, and there was this job boom. And everybody would kind of jump into the next bandwagon of finances, you know, this thing. And then all of a sudden, they would stop getting paid. In my role as a HR head, and I, I ended up interviewing a lot of people, especially people in their mid-30s to 40s, you know, where they'd been laid off at fairly mid to senior level people. Their salaries were high when they left. They'd taken loans, cars, children going to fancy school, fancy holidays, big houses. They're all there. But all of a sudden, there was... Nothing for them to say. They couldn't take, because they needed that money, they couldn't take up a job uh, which would give them lower money. Yet, uh, if you really looked at it, they did not have the full knowledge because they were scheming, uh, skimming of knowledge. You know, everybody's packaged into a thing quickly, good PowerPoint presentation. Uh, sometimes presented PowerPoint presentation, there's hardly any power and uh, very less point, but it is all good looking. So unless you have that knowledge within you, you know, that becomes uh, difficult. So with this uh, term, I think that a little people have generally settled down. And organizations also, I think when they were trying to train people, like typically you saw people were being trained and they were picked up at a higher cost. Right? So the organization which was giving a good training, etc., they also figured why should we. But all in all, I think uh, finance is one part of it, but 80% every job content has to have two things. Uh, one is a job satisfaction, uh, how well you're taken care of emotionally also. So for leadership skills, I think that today, which sometimes gets missing, is the empathy in your leader. There are deadlines, there are jobs to be done, and uh, often in bigger units and where there is a lot of this, and you don't know who the person is or what is going on in his or her life. It is just that uh, there may be a, just a number or a HR so-and-so in there or a position in them, but you really don't know. So you don't know why the person is going wrong or what is going before. So we gave a lot of, uh, I think, importance to building the team. You know, the team was his family. Your business associates were part of the team. You knew what was happening in other people's life. It was not like interfering, but you were there as a support when they needed it. And they would go that extra mile to make sure that uh, your job was done for that. That, I think, is a missing this thing. And it's uh, it's how things have evolved, you know, life changes. And you have to settle. You cannot look back and say that was the best time. That was the best time for that time. Today is a different time. You have to settle in. So, but I still think empathy is a big thing. As human uh, beings, we all need that. Yeah, truly, truly agree with what you said. I mean, time will change eventually because things change. We can't, it, it is inevitable. We can't really stop it. But at the end of the day, empathy is really important. I mean, if I have a sense of belongingness, if I know that, okay, my uh, manager or my boss hears me out only then I'll raise up my voice or raise up my concerns if I have any and that's how my productivity will get affected so which is so important I mean empathy team building all these factors plays a very important role irrespective of the fact whether we are working in offices or we are working from home or hybrid or whatever at the end of the day if you have that sense in you that okay this organization really hears me out the association is going to be 
Long. It is involved because it's not only the HR which is involved, you know, it's your team. So every team leader is an HR manager, actually. It's your team. You just can't put that problem to the HR department. So, so when you work with an organization for 33 years, it really becomes, you know, a part of your life. What are some of the learnings that you really, you know, took or imbibed from uh, working with Briar Asia? You know, throughout your journey. Like, uh, that I, what I said, that take people with you. Your team is your family. And uh, also uh, take a lot of ownership for what you're doing. Take a lot of pride in what you're doing. So don't take it just as a job. So that was there. And this constant uh, encouragement to do something new. Um, and my boss's main thing when he would come to the office, his greeting was, so what's new today? So what are we doing new? So uh, that was there. And so you constantly, even people who would get worried that, oh, what I'm going to tell him today, he they would think of doing something new and, you know, and take pride to, if they did something, then they, they would look out that when he comes on his rounds, can I get up and say, I did this? So it is kind of, you know, ownership ownership that thing and also the fact that be honest to whatever you're doing uh, whether it is your business associates or whether it is your team to an extent uh, be transparent very very important and i believe that when only when you have new challenges at your workplace only then you know you sort of you keeps on going for some reason yeah yeah if you keep the work interesting you know then uh, then it becomes then people stay because they have to grow also, give them the opportunities of growth. And uh, and that's why horizontal transfers help, you know, horizontal responsibilities help. They expand your outlook. And uh, if I may ask, what are some of the things that you wish were a little different to me? You wish this thing could have been a little different. I would have done it this way or maybe things would have gotten a little more, a little better. Was there anything like that? Well, I wanted to retire at 50, but there, it happened by the time I turned 60. But come to think of it, things had already been different uh, when I started my education initially as a part of this big bhirchal. I set out to be a doctor. It's And today, when I look back, I said, thank God, I didn't get into that PT. I didn't clear that. By that time, I was quite upset uh, because uh, of losing my seat to whatever, but uh, and upset enough to change into arts and do my economics and... Uh, honors in English literature. But today, when I look back, I say, hey, it was fun and gave me a lot of opportunities. I worked at a technical company all these years. And uh, if I look at it differently, yeah, I could have probably completed some of taken up for all the work which I've done. I never picked up the degrees. So maybe, but for me at that time, it wasn't important for my work. And today, it's okay. So it doesn't matter. So when I look back, I really don't think I would have done things too differently. It was fun. The work was fun. I always looked at work as being fun. And I took my work very seriously, maybe too seriously. That is probably I could have changed a little bit, had a little bit more fun in my earlier days. But as we say, whatever happens, happens for good. Happens for the best. But like I I said, I traveled those years and I got to know a lot of cultures, got to know a lot of people. So it was fun. So as we move towards the end of this podcast, my last question to you would be like, what keeps Sonali going? Like, what are some things maybe we have heard that you're an organic farmer and you live in Goa? 
So how do you adopt all these things? I mean, is there like a passion or a hobby? And what really keeps you going when you wake up in the morning? Well, uh, these days, my motto is one day at a time. I don't plan for years together anymore. And being a farmer has taught me that. And especially in the rural, there's like, you are lay, the, your farm hand might say, I'll come today with two more people and then not turn up. Somebody will, that's like, so you'll learn to live. But I think uh, what keeps me going is uh, that uh, I am doing something new at my own pace and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And uh, am I doing something to help uh, somebody else also? So it's not only for me. So the thing, next thing is not a bigger car or a bigger house or a bigger this thing. I like traveling. So I would like to travel and uh, learning, the learning continuously, you know. But I'm no longer, when I get up in the morning these days, I'm no longer in a hurry. Go, oh, I've got so many things I've got to get done. That has changed. That has actively changed over the last one year. I take a pace. I said, if I want to go and being in Goa, if I say I want to just go for a drive today, I'll do that. I'll just take my car out and drive and come back. And then they're saying, I'll, I have a lot of work to do. I'll sit all night and do the work, but not necessary. So Monday, Monday morning is my happiest. I don't have to get to work. It's like living your life to the fullest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not really. I would say relaxed and yet connected. And so that's why I kind of didn't take up another corporate committed consultancy where I have to be there five days a week or two days a week or this particular hour. I'd rather keep it. So I mentor people, I consult with people at my own pace, at their pace, but not, you know, end of the month, this has to be done, this is it. I do that. They enjoy it. The learning is there and... uh, Money is no longer the first priority. I mean, you know, it's needed, but it's no longer, and no longer that I have to be so and so. I must say, you're truly an inspiration to many, including myself, and I'm so happy to, you know, interact with you on this podcast. So thank you for joining us, and it was truly, indeed, a very, very interactive session where we got to know very interesting points and learn a lot to get inspired by so many things from you. Thanks, Arshit. Uh, when youngsters like you say that, that's that's a lot of, uh, I think, that's a lot of motivation to do something new. And uh, the fact that uh, I think one enjoys is that you are at uh, the, you are able to chat with a youngster and you're able to chat with the older generation apart from your generation equally happily. True. And, uh, and I'm sure our listeners would also agree with what I said. And I hope we get to grow the paths again soon. I hope so too. Let's see how this results in. And thank you so much for having me here. It's truly an honor. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, Thanks to them. I hope they enjoyed this.